I'm Pastor Paul, um, one of the associate pastors here at Cornerstone. Glad you're enjoying the, uh, just the sense of community, and there's something really special about us uh, gathering and worshiping together. It's a different kind of experience. I know tonight we're going we're gonna to explore tonight a number of different um, aspects of prayer, different ways of entering into prayer. Uh, we are by no means covering sort of the, the whole rainbow of what prayer is. Um, but Barbara Jimenez, who's part of our pastoral care team, is, uh, uh, we, we talked together a couple of weeks ago, and we're, we're continuing to explore uh, prayer. And tonight we're going to, uh, to begin by talking about petition. Petition. Um, I just had the sense as we were uh, singing together that the most significant uh, aspect of prayer is who we are praying to. The who makes all the difference. Um, I remember being at a, a softball game. My dad was coaching this softball team, and they were getting whooped pretty, pretty soundly. And there all of a sudden became this sort of turn of events, you know, where the team rallied and won. And my mother, you know, good, good New Yorker, couldn't contain herself on the sidelines. And she kind of like shouts at the heavens, it's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> and, uh, and it's true about prayer. It's true about prayer. Prayer is something that we, uh, we just wade into. Um, it is simple as having a conversation with God. It's, it's as simple as being ourselves, exactly where we are in our day, in our life journey, regardless of what we perceive to be spiritual maturity or not, um, how close or distant we feel, um, prayer is available to us, not because of us, but because of God, because he is the everlasting God, because his faithfulness reaches to the skies. Um, Paul prays in Ephesians, I believe it's Ephesians 4, that we would know the height and depth, the length and breadth of God's love. And uh, it's my prayer that you would connect with that God, that you would sense the, the, the embrace of that God, that you would sense as you draw near, even, even to this God that is almighty, that is majestic, that is in some ways beyond our complete knowing. Um, that you are, you are safe there, that you are, um, yeah, I think of the psalmist where he talks about the strength of God, that God is his fortress, that God is his anchor, that um, that is the God that we're drawing, drawing near to. Um, so God, God is with us, and God is available um, at any moment in the middle of a day for us in, in a word in a phrase, in just the longing of our heart, God is ready and, and wanting to respond to a whisper or a shout. 
from us. If you've got the, uh, the handout, there's a, there's a, there's a great quote on, on the top from, um, I know, one of my favorite writers, Henry Nouwen, um, who, who lived um, in the 20th century. It says here, there are as many ways to pray as there are moments in life. Sometimes we seek out a quiet spot to be alone. Sometimes we look for a friend and want to be together. Sometimes we like a book. Sometimes we prefer music. Sometimes we want to sing out with hundreds. Sometimes only whisper with a few. Sometimes we want to say it with deep silence. In all these moments, we gradually make our lives more a prayer. And we open our hands to be led by God to places we would rather not go. That's a great expression of prayer. I love this quote from uh, Emil Griffin from the book Clinging. The goal in prayer is to give oneself away. And uh, Thomas, Thomas Kelly uh, wrote a book that I think we've got on the table, A Testament of Devotion or A Testament to Devotion. He says, begin where you are, obey now. Use what little obedience you are capable of, even if it is like a grain of mustard seed. So even in those moments when we feel we have very little to offer or we feel like, you know, um, what was that famous movie, uh, Baby Steps? Baby Steps. What about Bob? What about Bob? <laughs> Great movie. Where we feel like, okay, I'm making baby steps. I'm making baby steps that, that God is, uh, is uh, filled with joy over those uh, steps that we take toward him. Prayer is, is, a, is a matter of keeping at it. Um, the, beginning, the beginnings of prayer is more than the first stab or the first several stabs. Um, and thunderclaps and lightning are unlikely. It is, uh, it is well to start small and quietly. The Lord loves us, and he invites us to himself. God is at work within us. God is at work within us. The initiation um, is God. So I think this is one of those big aha moments. It, I, I, was, um, I was reading the book Experiencing God, which I would highly recommend. Um, you could jot that down. I think we've even got it in the bookstore, Experiencing God. Um, terrific book. But one of the key... Uh, one of the key teachings in there is that God is already at work. We think we need to do this or that, that we need to move this way or that way, that we somehow need to kind of pray the right prayer or do a little dance, right, to get God's attention. Um, no. God is already at work. He's in this room. And his spirit is within you. So, God is at work. And our quest, our desire to grow in this relationship, to develop, 
learning to pray, learning God's word. Um, it has all been initiated by him. And I, I love, we'll just finish off this quote here. For our quest is of his initiation and is carried forward in his tender power and completed by his grace. Let's talk a little bit about uh, petition. Now, prayer means to ask or to beseech. When, when our asking is on behalf of ourselves, it's generally referred to as petition, and, and we'll see that this kind of, the lines kind of blur. But when we are praying on behalf of someone else, we would refer to that as intercession. Right? So petition is generally requests for ourselves. Intercession is when we are praying for others, praying for the needs of others. There are two elements of petition. Adele Gonzalez, in a wonderful uh, little guide to prayer called Deepening Our Prayer, it's kind of a small group booklet, Um, she says these two things. Number one, it's a willingness to ask. Pretty simple. That petition is a willingness to ask, trusting the deep goodness and love in God's response. So it's a willingness to ask. Secondly, it's a willingness to receive what comes from the hand of God. So first, a willingness to ask, trusting in the goodness and love of God. Secondly, it's a willingness to receive what comes from the hand of God. Now, there's a little bit more to that second part, which, which includes a surrendering to the divine will in an act of faith. And that is the rub. And I'll say that because I know there are prayers that I've prayed <clears throat> And I know what the answer is. But as a courtesy, I let God know. <laughs> and there are those prayers, and we, we've all been there, that we've prayed over and over. And it, it doesn't seem like the situation has changed. It doesn't seem like we've got God's attention. Um, And that can bring up an assortment of feelings in us, discouragement. Um, We might be frustrated, um, if we were honest. And some of us are are better at this kind of honesty. We're angry because we think, God, you know I need this. And you know I've asked for it. And you've told me to ask for it. And... You haven't done it. Whew. And that's where this uh, whole idea of surrendering to God's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That there is this surrendering and that there is this 
trusting. Um, that's an aspect of us praying. But we present our needs to God, even though God knows them well. Psalm 86, 1 says, Incline your ear to me, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Psalm 86, 1. And then one of, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 139, verse 4. This really speaks to the fact that God knows. God knows. It says, Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. And yet God desires for us to voice what it is that we desire. And our prayer is a willingness to come to God, to believe that he is, to trust in God's love for us, and to align ourselves with his purposes for us. Uh, Prayer is a process of discernment and transformation. Prayer is a process of discernment and transformation. Exploring a little bit this this whole idea of praying. We we come to prayer um, sometimes with our best perception of what it is that we need or somebody else needs. And 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 that's what we that's what we have to work with. That's the raw material. And so we pray out of that. We pray those prayers. They may be simple prayers. Um, you know, praying for someone who's, you know, got a fever or someone's, you know, got a struggle with a, a job situation. Um, could be somebody who's taking a test at school. You know, all the, this whole range of things that we pray for. And some of these things are, touch us quite deeply. But sometimes we're not sure what to pray or we kind of have a general idea, but we have no idea how God is going to answer that prayer. We really don't. And so we sort of throw ourselves on God and say, God, I'm desperate for this situation to change, and I see no way for it to change. I see no way out of the situation. Um, but I throw myself on your mercy. And uh, I mean, I remember uh, being in a situation like that. I, I was in a, a really difficult work environment uh, where... When I went to work, I wasn't sure which, which boss I was going to have that day. It was the same person. But I wasn't sure which boss was going to be there that day. We've had those experiences. And, um, and there were days where it, it was abusive. Um, emotional volatility. And this went on for a long time. And I, I prayed and prayed. And all of a sudden, um, I felt to pray differently. You know, I was praying for God to uh, give me strength, for God to give me patience, and all of those, I think, prayers were being answered in me. Um, But then all of a sudden, I rose up, and I felt like God was saying, pray differently. And so I started to pray, hear me out, for deliverance. Scripture says, deliver us from evil, right? And I'm not one, I'm not one to pray these prayers. 
like, you know, I don't go around, you know. I remember one person coming into where I worked. She carried a medallion, and she, she just waved it in front of everything. Mm, no, I'm not going to buy that. And no, I'm not going to buy that. Ooh, ooh, I'm getting a nice feeling from this. You're hungry. Buy it. But I felt, I felt in this situation that, that God was saying, pray this way. So I prayed for deliverance. And she got a promotion. <laughs> Bye-bye. And you think it was because of you. <clears throat> That's right. God was answering my prayer, not your prayer, sister. <clears throat> Sorry, it comes out. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, are, there are those times when we are, we're not sure how to pray, and we start to pray as best as we know how, and sometimes our best prayer is, God, I don't know, but I, I, I trust in you. I just reach out to you. I invite you into the situation. Give me wisdom. Um, help me to know how to pray. Help me to listen to what it is you're um, guiding and directing me to do. I included this quote from a couple of weeks ago because I, I think it was, I think you liked it. <laughs> and it says from P.T. Forsyth, the bottom of the first page there, love loves to be told what it already knows. It wants to be asked for what it longs to give. And I think that's, that's just beautifully captures God's heart toward us. Okay. Um, I would like to, uh, and we're going to invite you over the course of the evening to at some level in, engage in some different types of prayer. And so uh, if you'll notice on the top of it where it says examples of petition, um, let me explain this and then we'll, we'll kind of just, we'll do it. Uh, this first prayer is from a little book I mentioned, uh, Diary of Private Prayer. It's a collection of prayers for morning and evening for 30 days. And I've, I've learned, I've just learned a great deal about praying. Um, I've really felt invited to pray different kinds of prayers that I just wouldn't have thought to pray. Um, and, and as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the fact that I, I, I need a guide to help me to learn to pray. And so this first prayer... Um, I would like us to pray out loud together, if we could. Um, it's a nice little paragraph. And then, and then we'll just move into this, um, this second uh, example of petition uh, from Robert Benson's, um, it's kind of a, a guide to prayer as well, called Venite. And I will read the italicized uh, paragraph, which begins with, drive far from us all wrong desires. And then... Um, what I'll do is I'll kind of move us into this bottom section, which says we offer prayers for those with whom we share the journey. And then I'm going to uh, read each of the next line, giving you about a minute or so to just pray right now for those who come to mind that sort of fit 
that invitation to pray. Can we do that? So the first uh, prayer from John Bailey, we're going to pray out loud together. Then I'll read the italicized uh, kind of petition and then just lead us quietly and slowly through these three different invitations to pray. And uh, I'll just give you a minute or so to silently pray for those that, um, that you think of. And, and just as we begin, let me just say a little prayer. Say, Father, um, we thank you for your invitation for us to pray, uh, to seek you with all our heart. And sometimes we don't know how to pray. But we thank you that we can, we can turn to you with words or with just the silent cries of our heart and that you hear us. And so now we offer these prayers, and I pray even as we enter into these words um, that are not our words per se, but the words of others, that we would um, be drawn to your heart. And I pray specifically, too, because prayer matters, that even as we pray, that you would bring to mind those people that need our prayers in this moment. In Jesus' name. So let's pray this together. You alone know what lies before me this day. Grant that in every hour of it, I may stay close to you. Let me be in the world, but not of it. Let me use this world without abusing it. If I buy, let me be as though I possess nothing. If I have nothing, let me be as though possessing all things. Let me today embark on no undertaking that is not in line with your will or shrink from any sacrifice which your will may demand. Guide every moment of my mind for my Lord Jesus' sake. Amen. Drive far from us all wrong desires and incline our hearts to keep your ways. Grant that having cheerfully done your will this day, we may... When night comes, rejoice and give you thanks through the one who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We offer prayers for those with whom we share the journey, for our loved ones, those who have been given to us and to whom we have been given. I'll take the next minute or so to pray.
for those we know who are facing particular trials and tests this day. Maybe in this moment, I just feel, let's just take a, a minute or so, and if you feel comfortable doing this, if you would just speak the first name of someone that you are praying for in some way. Let's just um, speak their names before God out loud. And Lord, I thank you that, um, that Jesus, uh, the great intercessor, intercedes for us without end. I thank you that he too prays these prayers and prayers that um, only he knows to pray for us and for those that we love, and for those situations that um, deeply need um, your hand to reach out and, and, and to work in. So we both rejoice in that, uh, in that truth. We lean into that kind of strength. Uh, and we also express gratitude um, because of the many ways that you love us, seen and unseen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That was beautiful, wasn't it? It's good to follow <clears throat> the prayers of those who have gone before us. And um, in your handout, um, <clears throat> we have um, um, a little section on daily patterns of prayer for devotional reading of scripture. Two weeks ago, we um, had an example of devotional reading of scripture um, where we uh, took a scripture passage and uh, read it very slowly, asking, um, asking uh, different questions of how it applies to our lives and having moments of silence. That is one way of uh, reading scripture. Um, it can be very helpful to um, uh, to ha establish a little pattern that you follow um, in your home, to have a special place where you like to pray. Maybe you have a special chair that you like to sit in. Maybe put a few things around that chair. Maybe um, have a, a special candle that you light to remind yourself that God is present with you. Mm -hmm. Maybe put a cross there, or maybe have a little plant or a flower, or something that's meaningful to you. It can be... Uh, Many different things, but just something that's meaningful to you. And, um, and that's the place, that's your holy place where you meet with God, where you come into his presence. Uh, it can also be very helpful to, uh, to have a journal that you keep, even if you don't like to journal. I don't really like to journal, but uh, 
it helps me to remember what God has uh, uh, said to me, how God has touched my heart. And uh, in reading that again, in going back to that and remembering, God um, usually deepens that experience. So I encourage you to do that. And uh, always ask yourself the question, how am I aware of God's presence um, right now in this moment? And what does that mean to my life? What is God really saying? So you can look at that a little bit more. Um, so to pray with uh, uh, scripture, to read scripture devotionally, there is uh, two main ways uh, to do that. The first one is meditative prayer, and uh, that's what we did last um, time. And uh, for those of you who weren't there, I put in your handout a quote from Richard Foster, which I like that explains really beautifully what that really is. And Richard Foster says, have you ever watched a cow chew its cud? This unassuming animal will fill its stomach with grass and other food. Then it settles down quietly and through a process of regurgitation, rewards what it has received, slowly moving its mouth in the process. In this way, it is able to fully assimilate what it has previously consumed, which is then transformed into rich, creamy milk. So it is with meditative prayer. The truth being meditated upon passes from the mouth into the mind and down into the heart, where through quiet rumination, regurgitation, if you will, it produces in the person praying a loving, faith-filled response. So I think that captures it really well. <laughs> Can you see that? Um, <clears throat> so meditation um, uh, appeals to those of us who like to think, the thinkers of us, because it uses a little bit more the mind in, um, in praying with scripture. Um, and uh, to do this, um, you read the passage slowly, aloud, or in your mind. You let the words wash over you. You really listen to them, and a word may stand out, or a picture may come to you, or you may just have a sense of something. And um, you uh, have a moment of silence. Just let it sink in. And um, after that, you read again. And uh, whatever you get may deepen. And. Uh, then you read it again after some silence, and it may deepen again. And um, whatever resonates with you, you stay with that, and you allow it to really penetrate you. So you just read the scripture lovingly, just like a love letter that you would read. And um, you, um, um, you ask yourself, how how God is calling you to apply the scripture to your life at the moment that you're reading it. And uh, sometimes we feel like, well, we're not really getting anything. I have had times like that in prayer. I don't know if you ever had a time like that. It seems like, well, it's not, nothing's really coming to me. But uh, I encourage you to just keep going, keep with it, because uh, even though you may not get anything right this minute, you may get it later the day, that day, or the next day or another week or just later, but it will come. So meditative prayer appeals to the mind. Um, the next way, way to pray with scripture is contemplative prayer. 
And Richard Foster says about contemplative prayer, contemplative prayer is the one discipline that can free us from our addiction to words. Progress in intimacy with God means progress toward silence. And um, that's basically what it looks like, really. We have a scripture, and we read it, and we, um, uh, we go into it, and there is silence. Uh, but the silence is really wonderful. And um, unlike meditative prayer, uh, we don't use so much the mind, we use more our imagination, and it all settles down in our heart. And um, again, it's important to remember that God has given us our imagination. So God uses our imagination, and God will speak to us when we imagine. So the way we uh, pray uh, this prayer is we um, read a story, and we watch whatever happens. We use all of our senses. We see what happens um, when there is different characters. We um, put ourselves in the shoes of that character, one character or another character. Uh, we listen to what um, the people say in the story. We listen to what Jesus says. We listen to how other people around Jesus respond. We, um, maybe there are smells. Um, maybe we have a sense about something. Like, for example, this, uh, the passage where Peter walks on the water towards Jesus. We can sense the fear he has in our imagination. And um, God will speak to us when... Um, we do that. So um, with Jesus, we are there with him, and we, um, we, uh, we get in touch with our desire for him. We want him. We long for him. And uh, we listen to him, and um, we uh, let him be to us whatever we want him to be, and we respond to him. So, um, so we want to invite you now to uh, an experience of contemplative prayer, and um, I will lead you in that. We will use um, the uh, scripture of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman in John 4, and um, I invite you to uh, um, just place all your things on the floor or somewhere where you don't hold on to them. you to uh, just relax in your seat, close your eyes. If you're not comfortable, just move around in your seat a little bit and find the position that's best for you. And now slowly become aware of your breath. And let's just start by taking a few deep breaths into our bodies. Breathe in through your nose and breathe right down into your stomach. And feel your stomach expand and continue to deep breathe deeply and comfortably. Breathe in and breathe out. Notice the air going to your nose 
and coming out of you. And breathe in and out again. And slowly become mindful of God's loving presence, both around you and within you. And just sit a moment and take in the comfort and the peace that the Lord's presence brings. Now I invite you to listen to the word of God from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. On the way, he came to the Samaritan town called Sychar, near the land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Joseph's well is there, and Jesus, tired by the journey, sat straight down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, what, you are a Jew and you ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink? Jews, in fact, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If only you knew what God is offering and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have been the one to ask, and he would have given you living water. You have no bucket, sir, she answered. And the well is deep. How could you get this living water? Are you a greater man than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself with his sons and his cattle? Jesus replied, whoever drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I shall give will never be thirsty again. The water that I shall give will turn into a spring inside him or her, welling up to eternal life. Sir, said the woman, give me some of that water so that I may never get thirsty and never have to come here again to draw water. Go and call your husband, said Jesus to her, and come back here. The woman answered, I have no husband. He said to her, you are right to say, I have no husband. For although you have had five, the one you have now is not your husband. You spoke the truth there. I see you are a prophet, sir, said the woman. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, while you say that Jerusalem is the place where on ought to worship. Jesus said, believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, 
neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the hour will come. In fact, it is here already, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That is the kind of worshiper the Father wants. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah, that is Christ, is coming, and when he comes, he will tell us everything. I am, I who am speaking to you, said Jesus, I am he. At this point, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him speaking to a woman, though none of them asked, what do you want from her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman put down her water jar and hurried back to the town to tell the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. I wonder if he is the Christ. This brought people out of the town and they started walking toward him. Many Samaritans of that town had believed in him on the strength of the woman's testimony when she said, he told me all I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came up to him, they begged him to stay with them. He stayed for two days, and when he spoke to them, many more came to believe. And they said to the woman, now we no longer believe because of what you told us. We have heard him ourselves, and we know that he really is the savior of the world. So I invite you to a moment of silence and we'll ask a few questions and you can reflect on them or not if you are on your own path of reflection already. So just imagine yourself there at the well. I'm there by the well. I see the dry countryside surrounding the well. The earthen road. I feel the heat of the midday hours. I see Jesus seated by the well alone. His weariness revealed in his face as he rests. I become aware that he is waiting for me, that he has a gift of God that he longs to give me today.
I see the woman approach. I see, perhaps I even share, her weariness, her burden of repeated failure. Five husbands, over and over, the same pattern of failure. I feel her sense of helplessness, of burden, of inability to change. With my own sense of helplessness, of inability to grow as I so desire, I stand there with her in her place before Jesus. <clears throat> he speaks, give me a drink. She does not flee from the conversation that opens so simply. And her life begins to change. If you knew the gift of God, I ask Jesus to help me know the gift that he is offering me even now as I pray. I ask for eyes that are spiritually open to see this gift and to embrace it in my life. I watch. I am in her place as Jesus gently and with great respect for the burdens of her heart unfolds for her the meaning of her own life and leads her to grasp the gift he wishes to give her. Living water, a new freshness in the power of the Spirit. Desire for newness wells up in her and in me. Give me this water that I may not thirst. Now she becomes a witness to Jesus. Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. She has found the one before whom she need keep nothing hidden, before whom openness does not wound but heals.
Many from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. I ask the Lord that his healing touch in my life make me too a witness, a channel for his light for others. Ready? I invite you to uh, open your eyes. Only when you're ready, come back and join us here. And uh, you can do that at home with uh, any part from the gospel. It's uh, usually most beneficial to do a story where Jesus interacts with people. And all you do is just read the scripture and have silence and just imagine yourself there. And, uh, and something will come and the Lord will speak to you. So, um, so if that is uh, something that appeals to you, I encourage you to try. And uh, it's not, again, it's also not something that we uh, just sort of learn overnight. It's something that some of us like a lot, others not so much. <laughs> But um, it is also something that is cultivated, and that we grow as we're, as we're doing it. So, I have a Amen. moment. Uh, let's take a, break. take a break. And there's, there's more uh, for the second half. And we're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, what's called prayer of the heart, which is really the simple Abba kind of father, very intimate form of prayer, and we're going we're gonna to talk about, but hopefully, I'll just talk about, but experience a little bit of adoration. And we're including a little bit more music in the, in the second half as well, kind of bookending our experience together. So uh, anyway, enjoy the next five to seven minutes. Thank you. In your arms of love. I'll take a moment now to talk about prayer of the heart. And uh, that's what the prayer of the heart really is all about. About love, being in God's arms of love, and about intimacy with him. Richard Foster says, the prayer of the heart is the prayer of intimacy. It is the prayer of love and tenderness of a child to Father God, like the mother hen who gathers her chicks under her wings. We, through the prayer of the heart, allow God to gather us to himself to hold us 
to coddle us, to love us. That's the image from Luke 13. Can you see that? Can you see that image? John Nicholas Grew says, it is the heart that prays. It is to the voice of the heart that God listens. And it is the heart that he answers. So the, the prayer of the heart really happens in the heart. And um, it's also been called Abba prayer or breath prayer. And uh, it's called Abba prayer because Jesus called uh, God his Abba. In Galatians 4, 6, uh, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And I think when we look at scripture throughout the Bible, um, Jesus uh, had this really intimate, really special re relationship with, him, with his father, right? They really had it going, it was intimate. And we, we, we look at that and we want that. I want that. And uh, we see that even when he's a child, even when he, uh, his parents think he's lost and he's at his father's house with Abba at the temple. Even um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's desperate, uh, he still calls his father, my Abba, not your will, but not, not my will, but your will be done. Abba and Ima, daddy and mommy, are the first words that Jewish children learn to speak. And uh, they just have this personal intimacy and this, this really uh, delicate touch that they convey, this image of a small child climbing into the father's lap to, to be held, right, in, in the father's arms of love, to be loved, to be comforted to um, be able to just be who the child is, to come with the joy that the child feels, but also to come with the sadness that the child feels and feel comfortable to just cry in the father's lap, cry or laugh and just be, just be there, being hugged and, uh, and feel safe. And, and that is God's invitation to us, <coughs> to, um, to see God as, as our Abba, just as Jesus saw his father as his Abba. And now some of us have had uh, earthly fathers who um, are a little bit less than that. They, you know, some of us have been hurt by our fathers, and some of us do not have that experience of closeness and, uh, and intimacy with, uh, with our fathers. Um, and sometimes that colors the image we have of God. And, uh, and be, as a result of that, we're not really able to see God as a loving father who wants us to crawl into his lap, to uh, somebody who wants us to, to, to embrace us with, uh, with arms of love. But uh, that is the invitation he has for us. So, um, so, so what happens when we, uh, we are practicing this prayer of the heart? What does it do for us? It's, it's a place where we, we really fall in love with God again. 
It's, uh, it's a place where we, we warm up to the things of God, where we, we just desire to be in his presence. And as a result, whatever doesn't really quite work in our lives just sort of changes. And um, we're more able to, to live our life um, maybe the way Jesus would want us to. Changes perspective. The things that really bothers, bother us don't bother us quite as much when, uh, when we're in, in, in God's presence in this, uh, in this loving embrace. And we may even be overwhelmed by, by God's love and by God's goodness. And we, uh, we respond to God's love. Um, there was a time in, uh, in our life where we were missionaries among the urban poor and marginalized here in San Francisco. And uh, my husband Carlos and I, we, we lived in community. We, had, uh, uh, we lived in one of those Victorian houses with two flats. We were upstairs with uh, uh, a single woman from Nicaragua and uh, two uh, sisters from Mexico. And downstairs were two families from Venezuela and their children and our dog. And um, now community is sort of a buzzword. We all want community, right? And I don't know if you guys have lived in community. It's, it's a fun thing, right? It's not always easy, though, because they're the most people. And people come with expectations, and people say things, and sometimes they're mean things. So we had, uh, we had um, a big misunderstanding at one point. Just something that was communicated and just received completely in a different way than we had uh, intended it. And uh, as a result, we, uh, we were accused and uh, we felt like we were blamed and people pointed fingers at us and <laughs> we were just crushed in, uh, in some way. And uh, so, of course, the first response in prayer was, God, why? Why are you doing this to us? And uh, then the next response was, well, let's pray the Psalms. Our enemies are all around us. Destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that settled down a little bit, uh, I was reminded of this Abba prayer. And I was just able to just sit down and just pray, Abba, Father, and just focus on that, that God is my father, that God knows what's in my heart, because God is in, you know, is there. God, God knows what, what was intended. People might not know, but God does. And uh, so, um, so I just sat with that, and for a long, long time, just with that. And uh, then after a while, um, I just felt, well, there's really no words that really can express what's in my heart. <laughs> how I feel really, and, uh, and I started praying in, in tongues in my prayer language. And I did that for a while. And uh, all the time going back to Abba, Father, and uh, I belong to you, and just, just giving it all up to him. And then what came to me was, uh, he said, come, come to me. And I, I sort of had that picture of, you know, the Father and, and me being in his embrace. And, uh, and I sort of felt what he was saying, I will give you rest. And, um, 
And then this went on for a while. Actually, we went on a trip. We went to Europe to visit my parents. And we stayed there for two weeks. And the whole time, I was just praying this, this prayer. Just, Father, just I give it to you. Just, just, just let it go. Just your will, not my will. And uh, at the end, when we came back, we thought, well, the situation hasn't changed. But it had changed <laughs> out of a sudden. People came and said, oh, we need to ask your forgiveness. Please forgive us for what we said. And we were, oh, really? <laughs> and um, and uh, it was just incredible. We hadn't done anything. And yet, God had turned the whole situation around. And, uh, and I think it's just a, a really beautiful example of what can happen when we just just, just come to the Father in, and just, just rest in his, in his embrace of love. In, um, you know, just crawl on his lap and just, just be with him. Uh, so, um, so simple ways of doing that are just uh, going with your breath. And you can come up with the uh, words that are meaningful, but that sort of go with your breath. So you breathe in, <clears throat> Abba, breathe out, Father. Or for example, my beloved, or Father, I belong to you. So uh, whatever your words are for God, or for example, Prince of Peace, Jesus, Prince of Peace. And, uh, and just, just stay with those words and, uh, and keep praying them and, uh, and just stay with them. And, uh, and I think what will happen is just that, just perspective changes. God doesn't always intervene, but just being there in God's arms of love and my heart being with God's heart, just things change in my heart. And, um, and uh, there's just a new perspective and, uh, and whatever seems so big just ends up being small. And what matters is really that I can come to my father, and I can crawl on my father's lap, and I can sit there and let him hug me, kiss me, embrace me, and just rest in that and enjoy it. So uh, another way to pray, mm -hmm. encourage you to try. Mm -hmm. Barbara mentioned uh, praying in tongues. And uh, next week, we want to talk a little bit more about um, the Holy Spirit and what it means to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? And, 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 and what is this experience of speaking in tongues that we read about in such a significant way in the book of Acts? And so next week, we are going to be uh, talking about that uh, in great detail. So I, I want to encourage you uh, to be here next week. Um, I want to take a few minutes uh, to talk about adoration. Um, adoration um, is the spontaneous yearning of the heart to worship, to honor, to magnify, to bless God. In adoration, we ask for nothing but to exalt the Lord. The eyes of our heart gaze upon his goodness, we, we savor his beauty, uh, we worship God for who he is in himself. Um, adoration is, is really not a special form of prayer, 
because really all prayer in one way or another is saturated with it. Uh, I think it was Richard Foster, who we've mentioned a lot. He's got this great book entitled Prayer, um, and he says that adoration is the air in which prayer breathes. Adoration is the air in which prayer breathes. So it, it is the, the expression uh, of our, uh, our love and honor for God. To worship is to acknowledge the worth of someone or something. I'm able to see uh, more clearly the greatness of God and, 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 and understand my relationship uh, with him. Adoration makes us more fully alive. I know there are experiences that I've, I've had uh, in worship, uh, times uh, maybe when I've been in nature, times when I've just noticed something which has reminded me of God um, as being um, so great and yet um, so accessible, so mighty and strong and yet so near to where I am walking. And this sort of, this sort of experience um, awakens this, this adoration, this, the sense of his presence, um, which, is, which is really beautiful. Um, one of the ways, one of the kind of the gateways to adoration I've found is thanksgiving. And it, it, it begins with celebrating what, what God has done. Um, we express gratitude in a number of ways. And I, I know a number of years ago there was this big thing of keeping a, like a gratitude journal. And, and we think of, wow, that's, that's kind of like a really formal way of saying, I enjoyed my hot coffee this morning, you know. <laughs> I found a parking spot, yippee, <laughs> or, or yippee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, around here it's. Um, but gratitude is one of those things, and it's really interesting because as we've talked about prayer, you realize that prayer takes intention. Prayer, in order to develop, takes practice. I mean, we'd look at We'd look at learning an instrument, or we'd look at, you know, learning a sport or learning a new recipe, and we'd say, of course, there's guidelines, there's trial and error, there's, and, and, we, and we get that. And, and so um, something sort of formalized like practicing gratitude is a way for us to begin, really, purpose of it is, to take notice of what's already in our life. And once we begin at that point of noticing, as we develop a practice of noticing, um, it becomes easier to be aware. It becomes easier to be aware. Um, I, I'm going to jump around a little bit because we have a couple of minutes, and I want us to kind of have a little bit of an experience around Scripture and a closing song that I think what better way to understand adoration than to sort of enter into it and to express it? But um, there are, there's just little ways that I have, um, I have found in my life. I had, I had written down on my notes, one of my favorite smells 
Um, I lived on Guerrero and Cumberland, a little street over here for 15 years. And one of my favorite things, and it would just sort of surprise me, so all of a sudden, I turn the corner and start walking down the street. And lining the street are these jasmine trees. <sighs> and I just became aware of it. And I had, my children were really young. And, and so Luke, who's my oldest, I would just pick him up and stick his face into the tree. And <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> so, so anyway. So this last week, um, I went to the happiest place on earth for the first time. <laughs> Disneyland. Anyway, <clears throat> I was walking down the street from our hotel to Disneyland. And what do you think lined the street on my way to Disneyland? Jasmine. Jasmine. And I just thought, of course. The path to the happiest place on earth. <laughs> well, it was interesting because I thought of another experience, and I'll just, I'm just sharing these as ways to notice. Um, I, I worked at a restaurant over on Church Street, really nice little restaurant. It was the first time I'd ever worked at a restaurant, and it was, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a neat experience for me. But there was always some point in the evening where I walked outside, and I looked at... I always tried to, to catch it at the right time, this certain blueness of sky that just made me aware of God's presence, this canopy he's put over us that we just, it's just there. And guess what color blue it is? <laughs> so I came in this afternoon, and Louie, one of the great guys, was painting it. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but it... It's just the practice notice. I don't have time to talk about obstacles um, to adoration, but it, it really is um, the practice is starting simply opening our eyes uh, to what's around us and recognizing the giver of these gifts. And it, it, we begin to connect. It becomes a pattern. We begin to notice more. And I think one of the, the beautiful ways to sort of enter in to... This experience of adoration, I, I, I think two that have resonated with me for many, many years, one through scripture uh, and two through song. Now, I can listen to music mindlessly in the background, but when there's sort of an, a desire and intention to draw near to God and to sort of listen and soak in the song, we can have those experiences with, which lift the soul, which make us both aware of the, the greatness of God, but also uh, the, the intimacy that he desires with us. There is a scripture, and Kyle's going to come uh, to uh, lead us in a song. But what I would like us to do in these, in these closing moments... Brenna. Um, this, is, this is an amazing psalm from David that's kind of found in 1 Chronicles 16. And uh, if we could do this, um, in just a moment I'll have you stand. And I would like us to read this out loud. 
and we'll, we'll divide up the room into men and women. Not, you don't have to move. Um, but it just as a way of us hearing. So us speaking the words, but also us hearing the words from one another. And so, men, we're going to begin with verse 8, and we're going to alternate our way, one verse at a time, um, through verse 30, and then together, I'd like us to say as a whole community, um, verse 31. So why don't we stand? I will lead the men, and Barbara will help guide the women. I'll just say a, just a, a brief prayer. Lord, we, we thank you for your word. Um, and it's our heart's desire that um, your word would help us to see you high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Receive these words as our, our praise. Uh, receive this song that we'll share together as an expression of worship, a desire to, to honor you, to know you, to love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 